What's up, South Florida sports fans, and welcome to a very special MLB All-Star Break edition of Bally Sports Miami Miked Up. With me, Jeremy Taché, and an incredible time to be talking some baseball and to be talking some Miami Marlins baseball as they head into the break with the fourth best record in all of Major League Baseball, the second best in the National League, 53-39. and 39. That's good for 14 games above 500. The best first half in the history of this franchise. As we're sitting here at the All-Star break with Luis Arias and Jorge Soler representing Miami in Seattle at the All-Star game tonight. And you know who else is representing Miami in Seattle tonight? It's Daniel Alvarez of El Extra Base. He and I hopped on a Zoom yesterday morning with him out in Seattle to chat about the festivities out there and this incredible first half of Miami Marlins baseball. So, without further ado, I bring you my friend Danny Alvarez on today's Miami Miked Up. And now, not only one of the best reporters covering the Miami Marlins and all of Major League Baseball, but one of my really good friends in this industry, um, someone I'm proud to call a friend, Danny Alvarez of El Extra Base. Uh, Danny, thank you so much for uh, taking some time this morning while you're in Seattle at the MLB All-Star Game to chat uh, about some Miami Marlins baseball here on Miami Miked Up. It's really exciting, Jeremy. Thank you so much for, for having me again, um, especially after having uh, my fellow countryman last week, uh, which yes. is, I mean, it was a pretty dope episode. I, I really enjoyed <laughs> it. So uh, it's an honor for me to be here. Thank you. Thanks, brother. I, I appreciate you. Um, and we will get into that Luis Arias interview and everything about him in just a moment. But of course, you know, I have to ask you first, what's something recently outside of work, outside of baseball that's brought you joy? Outside of baseball, getting to know a new city. I've never been to Seattle, so yesterday we we had a little more, a little bit more time to to go around the city. And I can tell you, it's beautiful. The space in Italy is something crazy. Um, the pier with all the restaurants um, near the, the the ocean, it's pretty awesome. So that's something that really brings me joy too. Um, thankfully, for because of my job, getting to know a different cities, especially. Um, coming from Venezuela and seeing things bigger and things that I've never imagined I could ever see. So it's pretty exciting. That's beautiful. That That's amazing. And yeah, I've heard unbelievable things about Seattle. Um, seems like a really cool place. Would love to get there someday. Uh, but <laughs> when we're talking about Major League Baseball right now and we're talking about Seattle, before we get to the Marlins, let's, let's briefly talk about the All-Star game um, because I do think it's a nice transition into the players who were there for Miami. Um, it's cool that you're out there. Uh, I don't know when you got out there. We literally just jumped right onto the Zoom call, so I don't know what you've participated in so far, but Home Run Derby and All-Star Game coming up. And I just want to know your thoughts. You know, I know you've covered these types of events before, so how excited are you for, for this year's All-Star Game, particularly with Luis Arias and Jorge Soler out there for the Miami Marlins? It's Every time it's very exciting. It's something that, personally, I never take for granted, and I just enjoy it like, if, like it's just the first one back in the day when when i when i covered in in at lone depot in in 2017 mm -hmm. uh, that was a very cool experience and um as i mentioned it's 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 very exciting but having a rise as a starting second baseman something that it's justice it's fair he's the best mm -hmm. second baseman in, in the league according to his numbers and everything he's been doing for the last uh three months or so and no one deserved it more than him. Obviously, Yossi mm -hmm. Alves having a great season, and and that's 
pretty cool to see Luis, and especially with Orlando Arcia next to him playing short to have a, right. a Venezuelan couple around second base. It's it's pretty dope. Mm. And but with Soler, um, it's crazy to think that the year he had almost fifty homers. He wasn't an all-star, and right. now he finally gets the chance to be an all-star. He was very excited um, to see his family excited for him, his kids who follow him around, and and now they're here in Seattle to to be with him and, and get to experience the the whole thing. It's something pretty cool, and I think we have a a very packed um, roster on in the NL, yeah. same in the AL. When you see Acuna, Otani. Um, Soto and all the guys that are coming. It's it's something that it, it's crazy to think that uh, so much talent can be together for 48 hours and just be <clears throat> enjoying like kids. It's an unbelievable time. And, and I really think, you know, I, I've talked about this with a few people and I'm sure you would agree. This is about as good of a time in what this entire century to become Absolutely. a major league baseball fan to Absolutely. be someone who follows this game with with Shohei Otani and you know Ellie De La Cruz and everything he's oh. doing and you know Acuna's on pace for a, a 40-70 season like it's it's some of the most unbelievable stuff we've ever seen and and it's a really special time to be a fan of the game of baseball you know you mentioned how how much justice there is in Luis Arias uh, being the National League starting second baseman. And, you know, his batting average right now is only in the 380s. Only uh, in the 380s, only man. In only in the 380s. Wow. What a, uh, what a bummer. This, this slacker, <laughs> this underachiever. Uh, you know, you and I have, have talked about this Marlins team for years and how how really desperate they were for a professional hitter like Luis Arias. Um, his impact is obvious not only in the production that he's had, but the impact he's had on, on the rest of this team and their plate approach and an understanding of, you know, singles and doubles turn into runs. Um, can you talk to me a bit here about Luis Arias and the impact you think he's had on this team, not just with his production and how special that's been in this chase for 400, but the impact he's had on the, the clubhouse? That, that, for me, is the biggest asset that Luis brings to this ball club. And that says a lot because he's hitting yeah. over 380. <laughs> but, right. And playing good defense, that's the other thing. He's playing yes, great he defense. Is. Yes, he um, is. But for, for me, Jeremy, first week of the season, when I talked to Jazz Chisholm Jr., and he, says, he said, I'm following everything Luis is doing. Mm-hmm. Everything. I follow him everywhere. And Luis would call me in the morning or late at night and tell me, hey, you're doing this, you're doing that. Hey, try this, try that. And see Jazz behind him, following him. And not only Jazz, but Jazz, De La Cruz, Jesus Sanchez, the the rest of the young guys in the team. Mm. This is a pretty young team, of course. But the the rest of of the guys that don't have the experience that Luis has. And that, for me, it's, it's, it's the biggest impact. And from day one, Luis said, I don't care wherever I go, because we talked before he got traded. And, and I, I told him, like, there's a possibility you come here. And he said, I don't care where I go. Wherever I go, I'm going to do my job, and I'm going to bring energy. And he always repeats that line of bringing energy, bringing yeah. energy. And he has brought the, the energy. And you see it in the team, off the field and on the field. You see the stands. You see the crowd going to Lone Depot Park and packing the stadium. Now we can say that every single night for the last – two to three weeks. I don't know how much is going along, but I love saying that. Yeah. And seeing the people just excited to see him getting out of the dugout and going to going to hit. It's it's something that we 
haven't seen in a, in a while here in Miami. So um, he has changed many things here. I think there's, for me, the most important thing is is the culture that you can mm. have in the in, in the clubhouse, and him bringing that culture, it's something amazing. It really is special, and. You know, he talked about it on this podcast last week, how important bringing energy to the ballpark is, how he's learned that from players ahead of him in this league, from coaches, that, you know, he does have that infectious personality, and he's also such a hard worker, that those two things combined, it's easy to follow someone not only as a vocal leader, but as someone who leads by example. And, you know, I guess I should probably mention, because I haven't yet to this point, um, the Miami Marlins are 14 games over 500 at the All-Star break. They're 53-39. and 39. I mean, this team has been really special this season, and if not for a Braves team that's, you know, very obviously, you know, just the best team in the National League and maybe in baseball, you know, the, the Marlins would be a first-place team. That's how good they've been. They have the top wild-card spot. Um, that's in, in part, obviously, thanks to Luis Arias, thanks to Jorge Soler. But also, you know, you talk about an infectious attitude. You talk about leading by example. A new manager in Skip Schumacher, who oh, yeah. I know you've spent a lot of time around, more more even so than I have. Um, you know, this this team clearly leads in the way that 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 he does, and it's it's an infectious attitude. You know, he came in here. I remember talking to him back in November when he first got hired. And he was explaining the type of manager that he wanted to be. And he said that he wanted to be uh, like a pilot holding a, a, With a, a, a Starbucks. Starbucks cup. Yeah. Starbucks cup. And he was like, I just want to be that level of even keel, not too high, not too low, but hold these guys accountable where it's necessary. And yes. when I was in the clubhouse just a, a couple of weeks ago and, and catching up with Jesus Lazardo, you know, he mentioned to me, like, this guy is such a great mix of holding us accountable while also being essentially a player's manager, the type of guy that you want to get along with. How how much have you enjoyed being around Skip Schumacher? And what type of impact do you think he's had on this team that's had this level of success that, heck, they're 21-6 and six in one-run games? A lot because when, when players trust um, a manager and coaching staff and what the manager is proposing in their game plan, that's just everything. Because then the player knows that he can do it. And, and that's something that we've seen with so many players taking a big step forward to to be the best version of themselves and knowing that they can be even better. We see it with De La Cruz, we see it with Sanchez. Um, we see what pitchers like Braxton Garrett uh, are doing, Great. the relievers, what they're doing at the, at the back end of that bullpen. So that's that for me is the biggest part. And from by being around Skip for a lot since, since spring training, it's really good because when when we talk to him before and after the game, and we ask him something, he's just he just goes straight to the point. Yep. And he won't give you any excuses. He will protect your players, but at the same time, as you mentioned, he will hold them accountable. And and that's something really important because he's. I don't think he's allowing many things um, inside that clubhouse or outside that clubhouse. And and I think that when you when everything is in order, um, building that chemistry and winning. Yeah. things can go wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems like right now it has been sort of a 
instead whatever the opposite of a calamity of errors is it's like everything is going the right direction everything's yeah. sort of breaking the right way even looking at this last series the confidence that skip had in aj puck to after a blown save Absolutely. and a demoralizing loss on friday night that you had people saying like oh man this could be the start of a collapse and he immediately goes back to him on Saturday. They went back-to-back -back games to close out the first half of the season and, and maintain that wild-card lead over Philadelphia. So we've mentioned Arise, we've mentioned Solaire, we've now mentioned Skip. I want to talk to you about you know some of the production on the field because there's been so many players that have stepped up and had the type of season that really thinks either you know makes you think they're either taking the next step mm -hmm. in their careers or you know that hey they're the perfect role players on this team. So for you. When I when I give you the rest of this roster, who's the first name that stands out as like, wow, I'm so impressed with that guy's first half and, you know, the step that he's taken? I have to say, I would say it's pretty much a tie with, between Braxton Garrett and Brian De La Cruz. Mm -hmm. Why De La Cruz? Because when Brian got here in 21, he, we always saw that he was a great hitter. Yep. But he made some mistakes during his bats, running the bases in the outfield and there were some many things that he had to polish when dlc got um got sent down to triple a last year mm -hmm. and then got called up we had a conversation and he, and he said i don't want to see the name that i cruise attached to triple a i don't ever want to see my name attached to those three letters ever again so in order for me to do that i know that i have to grow not only on the baseball field but on the mental side too and i have to be more mature mm. and that's just what I'm saying with, with DLC, Jesus Sanchez, of course, uh, following suit with, with him being also not only friends, countrymen, but teammates in, in the DR too. And, right. and the, in the offseason, they work out together and get they get ready together. And that's something um, pretty cool to have, especially when they're both in the outfield and they have to communicate and, and do right. many, many things together. But um, that's my 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 case with with Brian because I I've seen that growth um, mm -hmm. on the personal side on the baseball side too and with Braxton Garrett I think he's been so valuable um, because many people in the past projected him yeah as a spot starter right long reliever bullpen guy and he has been one of the most consistent and best pitchers in this rotation yep. that that's been beat up this first half obviously sandy not performing as as we want him and as he wants it mm -hmm. uh but also losing cueto losing cabrera um and having rogers. to take those innings yeah, Rod yeah rogers exactly to take those innings and take that step forward i think braxton has been a huge yeah. asset for that marines rotation it's such a great point, and he's actually the guy I'm like clamoring to speak to next on here because I just want to talk to him about pitching. Like it's I think, just you know, so smart. The pitchability he has, mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. Crazy. And and it's the amazing. way, you know, it's it's hard in season to develop a new pitch, right? Get the trust on that pitch, and being effective. And what he's done with the cutter, it's amazing. Uh, also, a lot of credit to uh, Mel Sotomayor Jr., Nick Fortes, right? But Brax with the pitchability, with the intelligence, because he's a pitcher. Because, yeah, yes, man. he was a, fir a first-round draft pick, but he's not a guy that throws 97, Never 98 has. like Luzardo does. Um, but he has a, a good fastball location, a great cutter, a nasty breaking ball, mm -hmm. good changeup too. So he he has the pitches and he has the the – the arsenal to to dominate and, and awesome. if you take if you take that take out that 
brave start uh, yeah. where he had to to wear it and and maybe sacrifice himself yeah. to, to save some bullpen innings um he's an all-star worthy candidate right by a lot right so yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm very uh, i'm very happy to see what those guys that i just mentioned are doing yeah, it's it's special, and you know I've always been a big fan of De La Cruz. I've made that <laughs> I've made that known uh, from the beginning. But to to watch Brax and to watch Jesus Lazardo as well really carry this rotation in a year yeah. where there's been so many injuries, and mm-hmm. Sandy hasn't exactly been you know Cy Young caliber. He's still been really good in a number of different starts, but hasn't had quite the dominance that he's had throughout. It makes you excited for the second half of the season because absolutely you have. Be, be, be. Oh, go ahead. Go. No, you. Yeah, you because because he, he 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 looks stronger. Yep. Luzardo, I mean, and something that he already passed his in his career high in innings, um, mm-hmm. starts everything, and he just looks better and better after every start, like a legitimate yep. ace, and he's a legitimate ace. And, yep. Um, I think that's one too that's gonna. I don't know if he keeps like this, man. I I won't be surprised if he gets some some young votes one through five. Well, that's what's really special, right, yeah. is is you have a, a pitcher like him, you know, pitching as effective as he has. Brax, who we just said, should basically be an all-star. And then Sandy Alcantara is still there at the top of the rotation. The problem right now is the depth in that rotation. And so mm-hmm. I guess this leads us in, into the, the perfect way to wrap up this conversation, which is the trade deadline coming up. The yes. Marlins are a, a very complete team in some ways, and they have a lot of depth in some ways, but obviously could use upgrades at a couple of different spots could use potentially some depth at a couple of different spots and you know whether it's talking about a back-end bullpen guy starting pitcher an outfielder a catcher you know there are there are places to upgrade this roster i want to ask you danny what what do you think the marlins priority should be and as you know someone around the team what do you actually think that it is that they will do and, and which type of players will they go after at this deadline? Yeah, well, well something that it's, it's certain is that by the time we approach the deadline, they'll, they will be in the fight and probably in, in, a, in a playoff position. So that, right. that puts them in a, in a spot where they haven't been, at least in a full season, in, in eight years maybe, since, yeah, or seven that, years, since right. 2016, for example. But yeah. by the time, they were, they were just able to get Andrew Kashner, Fernando Rodney, uh, Colin Ray, and then some things happened, and he had to go back to to San Diego. Um, right, right. But because they didn't have the assets in the minors or the big league club to to make a a big splash at the deadline, and now I think they have it with the depth they have in the minors. The draft they they just started yesterday got off to a great start, and yes. now I think they have more pieces to add to 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 that depth, and now that can make him um, more capable of risking a little bit more in order to get a big bat or a big pitcher. I think they need, as you mentioned, a, another another starter. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, Luzardo is great. Uh, Brax is great. We know Sandy can go back to Cy Young type of caliber like, like right. he was last year. But none of them, aside from Sandy, have pitched a full major league season. And, well, and, by, and the, by that time of the year, yeah. And not to interrupt, but we, we can add Yuri Perez to that mix of guys who exactly. now sent that, down that's, to the minors. That's, that's, that's exactly why they're controlling his innings. Right. And none of them have thrown a full major league season. So by the time you get to August, uh, late summer, September, 
especially with the schedule the Marlins have ahead, it, which is insane. They have series against right. the Phillies, the Braves, um, but the Yankees, the Astros, the Padres twice. Uh, the, no, the Dodgers twice, the Padres, the Rays. So many good teams ahead. Right. So when you need arms against those teams, and in October, once you get there, so I I think the Marlins can go out can go after a veteran pitcher, saying again maybe like Kyle Hendricks, like Lance Lynn, oh. Marcus Stroman might be available, Jack Flaherty might be available, um, some guys that uh, will be available to pitch for a contender after July, and I think that's that's something that the Marlins should go after too. Obviously, a big bat it's it's much needed um, if you can uh, reinforce the the, the Catching position, of course, that will be great. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, th- a third baseman. Candelaria has been a name that has been yep. thrown out there. Um, he knows the division very well. A couple of years ago, he led the league in doubles, and I think people right. just forgot about that <laughs> because he was right. in, a, in a in a in a very uh, not, not. I mean, he was in a Detroit team that wasn't winning or, or that it still hasn't <laughs> hasn't win anything. But um, I think he. The, People just forgot about how good he was two years mm-hmm. ago. So he mm-hmm. he can be someone that that can help. And he also played in that 2016 Cups team that won the World Series. So I think there many people forgot about it. Um, but he can can be an asset too. So yes, starting pitcher and a bat. Of course, the bullpen are can 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 do the job too. But I th- I think that should be the priority for the Marlins. What I wouldn't give for Kyle Hendricks to be a Miami Marlins pitcher, just purely out of my obsession with a guy who barely throws 90 miles an hour like i what and i wouldn't dominates. give what i wouldn't give to get to watch that guy every fifth day i couldn't even tell you it's uh, like because Dan- all of us that done throw hard feel represented yes exactly Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> exactly our our hero the man's man uh all right danny before i let you go here would love for you to be able to plug wherever your work is um wherever everybody can follow you on social media and i do need you to give me a prediction as to whether the marlins here at the halfway point, whether they end up being a playoff team Oof. or not. Wow. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, absolutely. But, man, I, 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 I'm I, saying something different with, with this team. So I mm-hmm. I really believe they, they they are, they can be. And, and yes, it will be very exciting to be covering playoff baseball in, in October yeah. in South Florida for the first time in 20, 20 years. years. It's crazy. I was I was six the last time yep. that happened. Yep. Um, crazy. <laughs> you man. were like eight or yeah, nine. I was, eight, I, I was eight years old. I was eight <laughs> years old. It's insane. But to yeah, that it's been that long. <laughs> so yeah, uh, JT, thank you again for for having me. Uh, Elextravase.com. That's uh, our website at Elextravase. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, whatever. Everywhere. Uh, Daniel Alvarez E on Twitter. So you can follow us. Um, not only for Marlins coverage, but baseball coverage in general. Um, and now, especially here in Seattle with the All-Star Game. Danny will have incredible coverage of this All-Star Game. Uh, he really, truly is one of the best follows in baseball. Um, for great information, whether it's in English or Spanish, however you want to consume it, Alex Trevase, uh provides great stuff, and Danny does as well. Daniel Alvarez, thank you for joining me today on Miami Mic'd Up. Thank you, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. <laughs> 